Hey everyone. So something went really wacky with the recording this week, and you'll notice that I have a lovely new baritone voice in this episode, as well as a lot of times my audio is a little bit delayed from everyone else. So that's on me. I don't know what's going on with Skype or my mic or what happened there. Um, but you, if you listen to us much, you probably know at this point that quality is not high on our priority list. So we're just releasing the episode anyway because we had fun and we think you'll enjoy it. So I uh, just wanted to give you the heads up that it's going to sound a little bit odd at times. But, you know, when doesn't it sound a little bit odd? Anyway, here's the show. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Let's just do it. I don't care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Also, that's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight on Rogue Padron, hurt and hurt now, ground pounders incoming. (laughs) 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 Try to cut it. Um. No Jedi Knights here. Pew pew. <laughs> the return of round faced mid Bronos and Mambutar, not so ace attorney. Pew pew Ooh. pew pew. Hello, listeners. <laughs> Welcome back to Rogue Padron. We Ground Pounders. Ground Pounders edition. That's <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible word. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with the... Gr- <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, just don't finish that one. <laughs> you might have forgotten who we are. So just a quick reminder of your hosts. And as I prepared this a week ago in which we didn't record, they're Halloween themed, so hashtag deal with it. <laughs> if Seth was a Halloween tradition, she would be going to the pumpkin patch so she can pick out a pumpkin that weighs more than she does and then having <laughs> someone else carry it around for her. I would so do oh. that. <laughs> Imagine your little BB-9E like carrying around a pumpkin for you, but just like not being able to. It's just like wobbling yeah, all over like the trying place to drag and then it, falling over. It's not moving at all. <laughs> oh my god, it's so cute. That's great. Danny, Rogue Six, would try to go to a cord maze, but it's mistakenly a haunted one, so he nopes out of there super fast. <laughs> yeah, no, not doing that. Nope. Yep. Heath, Rogue Three, would leave a bowl of candy outside with a sign that just says, take one, so he doesn't have to talk <laughs> to any children. <laughs> exactly. Lights are off. <laughs> oh my gosh. The best <laughs> Halloween tradition. I'm not dealing with the children. <laughs> That's all part of the surprise. Right, it's Halloween. (laughs) Right. Trick or treat. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I drank (laughs) champagne (laughs) and watched Muppet Christmas Carol because I do not care about Halloween. Yes. What a way to kick off the the real season. The real season we were all waiting for. (laughs) 
Yes. All right. Well, speaking of the real season we're all waiting for, <laughs> aka Veterans Day, <laughs> episode eight, The Last Jedi. <laughs> Veterans. <laughs> Can't we just celebrate with friends and family? <laughs> How are you celebrating Veterans Day this year? Uh, no disrespect meant. So, um, uh, oh my gosh, what can I ask about? Have we asked about Akbar yet? Uh, like, what, what about what's, Akbar? What's Mon Hadi up to in the what last What is Jedi? the Mon Hadi up to? Oh. Well, after he was dragged out of retirement, geez. That's true. That's the whole backstory, yeah. right? Is that he was like in in Florida, like at a summer resort in a Hawaiian mm-hmm. shirt. I'm imagining him as Stanley from The Office. Yeah. Um, who when he Akbar retires, loves he just went to Day. Florida. Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh my. God. Uh, yeah. Like I, I feel like he's just super done. With everybody right now. <laughs> yeah. He's That's... relaxing on the beach. I feel like, no, he's still there because... It's like, we did this yeah. all before. <laughs> I think he's still there because it's Akbar and his moral compass is very upright. Um, but he just does not have time for the youths. <laughs> anymore. Like, Poe will try to come talk to him about among us? <laughs> like Poe is trying to like, be like what do you think about this and he's just like you should leave <laughs> I already had to deal with you and his name was Wedge Antilles like we're not doing this again <laughs> yeah I think that's about right yeah I'm just agreeing with that, <laughs> I love that. see him though I really do but not on any ship that explodes because I will scream oh will my scream. gosh can you imagine like if they kill Luke, fine. Like I'm prepared. Kill Luke. For that. Hey, hey, hang on, hang. hang but if on. they kill Akbar, it's just it's just one of those senseless deaths. Like it's why it's it's them yeah, like yeah, going like... back to rewrite like Hobby dying at Hoth, and it's like why why did you have to do this to hurt <laughs> right, like the look... six people who really care about? This? <laughs> Why are you so petty, Lucasfilm? <laughs> Let him go to Florida and retire and die in a census-like crocodile attack or something. Yeah, something exactly. cool. <laughs> or on a parade float. Or like, on, on yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> at the Veterans Day parade. <laughs> He's a veteran. <laughs> he is the most respected <laughs> veteran in the galaxy. <laughs> He's like waving to the adoring crowds and he falls off. <laughs> okay, let's off. not. Let's not. <laughs> There's a freak right. explosion with the animatronic like pirates and the float in front of him. I love that we're he- we are <laughs> oh, no. cannoning Admiral Akbar's death. <laughs> and it involves a parade float. It's a it's a dark episode, Heath. <laughs> dark times call for dark episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the waves but instead there's animatronic pirates yeah <laughs> just like uh, just like the fortune teller said <laughs> Wait. i think terror i think i think akbar gets his cards read 
Oh, yeah. 100%. And, like, he he follows astrology, but not, like, it's not stars. Yeah, and it's, like, tides like, and things yeah, like Yeah, like, the tides <laughs> and the placement of the corals. I mean, because the tides do correspond to moon cycles, so it makes sense. Okay, nerd. Wow! <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Okay, things that should never be said on a <laughs> Star Wars book club <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, good job, everyone. Great. We did good. As usual, I think we've solved it. <laughs> Lucasfilm, you know where to find us. Once you're... Once you're done suing Heath for taking your intellectual property, <laughs> then uh, you can uh, talk to us about our ideas for the movies. Great. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I was just reading a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> was it a good tweet, at least? <laughs> it was a baseball tweet that Heath wrote to Was it 280 characters, and that's why it took no, it so long? No, it was a picture. It's a picture of other tweets. <laughs> You're reading it's a, a picture, picture of other tweets. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So, you might have forgotten, but we are reading X-Link, Isard's Revenge. And tonight we are going over chapters 13 through 18, which I think we can all agree weren't great. Yeah. Uh, here, here. So we start with the Swift Liberty being hit by the Mystery Dreadnought Blast. I remember that they are outside of Lemonade 3 trying to take control of the planet. And uh, the Dreadnought had not penetrated their shields. Great. And she wants to... Admiral Eretta Bell uh, wants to draw their fire and take out Direption at the same time. The rogues clear the space of hegemony fighters, Asir being the MVP, and Aretta Bell, obviously. obviously. Aretta Bell doesn't want their help with the Dreadnought, so they're forming up to hit their alpha target on the ground. Swift Liberty shields fail, but before the Dreadnought can continue its onslaught, Ser Yanka's freedom drops in from hyperspace, dealing finishing blows to the Direction and the Dreadnought. <clears throat> Ser Yanka. Ser Yanka. Remember Ser Yanka? <laughs> oh my gosh. I really do not. It's been so long. Okay. I don't this is a either. legit question. Have we not heard from Ser Yanka since the last Correct. Rogue book or just since the last since set of chapters? The last Rogue. They name dropped him in that meeting that Wedge was in that he made a fool of himself in. Um, okay. Like I think he scolded Wedge once. In a heroic blaze. Yes. Yes. Okay. So Three Flight heads in for their target, Corrin calling out Asir to make sure she stays with the group this time. What a white man thing to do. Their target is a hydroelectric power plant that supplies most of electricity for the close cities. They are supposed to clear the air and suppress any enemies so the ground troops can secure the plant. Three Flight approaches the dam, and it looks peaceful enough. Some artillery towers staffed by single stormtroopers. Unfortunately, they have some surprise chip missiles, one managing to get through corn shields and taking out one of his S foils. He orders Surprise Chip Missile is the name of the new band. <laughs> but I hope like for you it's like chocolate chips. Of course. Of course. 
What kind of <laughs> like, chips are these? Bad ones. Corn chips? <laughs> I don't know if those are bad ones. <laughs> no, those are good ones. <laughs> On what planet are corn chips bad? I don't know. They're Imperials. They probably think corn chips are bad. <laughs> Right. So Corrin orders the rest of the flight to retreat and warn everyone else. Corn. <laughs> corn chips. Corn. Corn chips. Corn. Oh no. It, oh. it is now. Oh no. Corn horn. The the name of his like his grandpa roasted corn. Yeah, that that was a thing. Yeah. He orders the rest of his flight to retreat and warn everyone else of the possible hidden dangers and to say they definitely have some secret valuable stuff there. Corrin makes a forced landing. When he gets out to examine Whistler, he sees he's been hit with shrapnel. He has to leave Whistler there for now, but promises he'll be back to get him out. He packs a few supplies and gets ready to attack. Poor Whistler. Whistler. I feel real bad for him. Mm-hmm. He's gonna. Oh, Danny! Danny! Wow. I just. Corin is not great with promises. He. I mean, he's like zero for one right right now, but. That's all right. Right. Not not a good start. Oh, no. Uh, Wedge is leading one flight into the city. So far, there aren't any nasty surprises, but they do spot four ATATs coming out. Wedge is happy they aren't in the lame snow speeders this time. They take them out the hard way, which is with the cables and stuff like that, because Wedge wants to save the proton torpedoes in case they have some more fighting to do back in space. When someone gives him flack for it, he cites that he didn't have time to consult any Ewoks about the best way to take them down, which just more confirm confirmation that Wedge really loves the Ewoks. <laughs> Like everyone else forgets like about them. And he he's misses. like, but remember what the Ewoks did? Do you guys remember? He misses Lieutenant Ketch, the true hero true of the hero. rebellion already. After they're taken down, they notice that the stormtroopers at the base were actually not good. It would have made more sense to roll out the walkers before the ground pounders actually arrived. They heard that there were crack troops on the planet, but if they're not at the base, where are they? Obviously, where three flight is, where whatever Prince Admiral Baby Bear, remember that's his name, is hiding uh. something. <laughs> Wedge comes, Capadendo, the all clear, and agrees to do a strafing run to deter any militia coming in to investigate. In return, Wedge asks them to try to do some search and rescue over where Cornhorn, a pilot, went down. <laughs> So, wait, what are the ground pounders in this situation? <laughs> it's, who pound the the ground. Infl- it's um, Alpha Team and Qatar's Commandos. <laughs> Remember, like, Team 1 and, like, the Qatar Commando. <laughs> I yes. feel, like, so fulfilled by these chapters. I, I'm, fi- I'm literally fighting with my volume level right now. Hang on. Um, because I, like, I, I always say that I'm going to pound someone to the ground when they piss me off. And <laughs> look... Now it's actually a thing in Star Wars. Saf, you're a ground pounder. I'm a ground pounder. (laughs) Heath. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Corn Horn, a pilot, finds a secret tunnel that must be very new, very secret, or both. Whatever it is, it's what the chips, the corn chips, were protecting. And that means it's probably bad news for the New Republic. I actually honestly have no idea what the chips are. <laughs> They're like super smart missiles. They're like computer chips. Oh, are they not like? Ro- I thought they were like rocket launchers or something. Like, do you- no, but no one's gonna get that. I was like, do you remember what in Fast and the Furious Six? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he does. <laughs> it's finally learning. <laughs> Anyways, it's just it's a better missile. Okay. Yeah. Superior missiles. Superior missiles. Corrin thinks that this is a job for a Jedi, and laments that he turned down Luke's offer to train him. He somehow thinks being a Jedi means every mission goes off perfectly, which, whew, boy, Corrin. Oh, boy. But I he love gets- that he's like... I was gonna say, I just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how he's like, this would be a job for a Jedi. If only we had a Jedi here. <laughs> oh, Corin. He gets over it pretty quickly, knowing he could never do what Luke does because Corin doesn't want to give up his normal life. <laughs> He's so judgmental. <laughs> Corin is going through the forest, grateful he's wearing a green flight suit. He spies a couple stormtroopers making their rounds and stuns them, stealing their blasters, equipment, and chest plating for under his flight suit. He's keeping them alive to give to the Elder Kraken for interrogation. Corrin gets close enough to the entrance to see a quartet of guards. He realizes two things. By causing as much trouble as possible, he'll make a better situation for the New Republic. And two, it's it's his responsibility to take down this site because no one else knows about it. Corn uses the most dangerous weapon in the world, speaker feedback, to distract <laughs> and then murder a bunch of folks. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty dangerous, honestly. It's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of badass that he weaponized it. <laughs> oh my god, I think I fixed it! Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can laugh at normal volume again. Nope, Corrin uses the lightsaber to break into the cave. Corrin murderizes his way into the security comm center by accident and ends <laughs> up shot in the flank, but generally okay. On the security cams, he sees it's mostly scientists and engineers working on some sort of project. Corrin picks one of the labs and goes there. When he enters and brandishes his lightsaber, the scientists just look at him interested. <laughs> They really stereotype, like, science-minded people here. They sure here. do. I feel like most scientists would see a lightsaber and be like, oh, shit. Be like, oh, nah. I'm out. <laughs> no, ooh, how does that I work? Still, I mean, I, I, I do love the image of Corrin, like, thinking he's jumping in with a super badass entrance. Like, ha a Jedi is here. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and all the scientists just, like, looking down, looking up at him and then looking down and, like, taking some notes. <laughs> <laughs> How interesting. Corrin announces that he's either taking them as prisoners or liberating them, whatever. He says that they should be very cooperative with him and show him what they're working on. A woman brings up a hollow of their project and surprise, it's another Death Star. 
the most surprising part about all this is that there's a woman scientist. <laughs> and she was not described as slender. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Making waves. Wedge. Oh, also another Death Star. Yeah, also, cool. I guess there's a Death Star. Surprise. Slash. Okay. I'm surprised. It's the first of many, as far as I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Death Star like objects like dark saber the book dark saber is about just like the laser tube part of the death star oh exciting really <laughs> thrilling i find this chapter particularly like timeful considering the whole big drama and fandom at the moment about there being another death star in the new movie or something like that wait, wait what? have you all missed that <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> there's been like death stars in the background of like advertising material or like like the backgrounds of like pictures for toys on like you know how toys have like the little pictures on them there's been like death stars on those or something yeah, but and everyone's like on those too. i know everyone's like, they're <laughs> gonna have another death star in the last jedi it's gonna be the worst movie ever and it's just i can't believe you missed that because it's been hilarious man you know i hate twitter most of the time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so reading this chapter i was like ah yes another death star another <laughs> one another one are you sure Heath wasn't just photoshopping the Death Star <laughs> oh, into the background? I hope so. Heath, can you stop doing that? That would be a hilarious, elaborate pl- prank if I like just all of them did that and had someone then like leak it to one of the fan sites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, now you can never use that idea. Edit it out, Danny. <laughs> no. <laughs> I already have my one yeah, edit for the fair. episode. That's fair. I think Saf swore a while back. Sure I did. forgot to write it right. down. Oh, well. Okay, it wasn't a, it wasn't a hit. <laughs> it's <user>. fine. <laughs> All right. Ugh. Well, sometime later, Wedge and Corrin are at a briefing with the Provisional Council on Coruscant. The rogues have spent the last three weeks making sure all unfriendly troops are out of Lemonade 3. They're shocked that even someone is... Lemonade. <laughs> lemonade. They must be so dehydrated. They're shocked that even someone as awful as Prince Admiral Baby Bear would create a new Death Star. (laughs) Wedge points out that this is different. This one is quite smaller, perfect for taking control of whole systems. It also has gravity wells to prevent ships from escaping and multiple lasers made for taking out, like, capital ships in one blast. They've decided to call it a Pulsar Station. (laughs) That is not as scary sounding as no, it's not, not quite. Not quite. It just sounds They sexual. always sound sexual. <laughs> of course it does. What it sounds like? Yeah, some people might be into that. Oh, okay. They just miss they miss Warlord Gabor's like <laughs> naming schemes. Uh, I just found all of this like the argument about, like, it's not a Death Star, it's smaller than a Death Star. It just calls back to The Force Awakens. It's not a Death Star, it's bigger than a Death Star. Right. It's smaller and also worse than the Death it's Star. It's even worse than we thought. <laughs> supposed to be an engaging plot of the book. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They've got a Death Star, but it's smaller <laughs> and less scary. So, so everything will be all right in the Oh, end. man, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> They're in such danger. 
<laughs> this tiny Death Star. <laughs> what is this? A Death Star for ants? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> a real Death Star needs to be at least three times bigger than this. <laughs> Wedge and Corin say that there's no way to know if Prince Baby Bear, Prince Admiral Baby Bear, excuse me, has an operational one. Yeah, no. show some respect, Meg. <laughs> but they're fairly certain he doesn't. The scientists they apprehended only formed a team a couple months ago, and were going over the design for any flaws and weaknesses. Plus, the amount of material it would take to construct it would definitely ping some kind of radar. Unfortunately, a lot is unknown about the citrus hegemony. There could be some shipyards hidden somewhere, so Wedge suggests a scouting run. If there is a pulsar station started, it's best to find it sooner rather than later. After a year of construction, the hyperdrive will be functional. Soon after that, the gravity wells and one laser turret. The best case would be to make the pulsar station keep running from the rogues until it exhausts its supplies. That sounds like a terrible suggestion. No, it's fine. It's fine. We'll just, we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll just tire it out. for three years until it runs out of food. <laughs> this is like the dumbest meeting of the Rebel Alliance ever. Oh, I forgot how much, like, these things get ridiculous when it's the rogues fighting against Izad because they just <laughs> keep pushing each other to stupid extremes. <laughs> and like Borsk isn't even saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So Wedge thinks that the New Republic should make a security announcement revealing Prince Admiral Baby Bear's plans for the Pulsar Station. It would give the New Republic military the justification it needs to do some scouting and raids in the Citrus Hegemony. It will turn people who have been looking at Prince Admiral Baby Bear in a softer light against him and will make other remaining Imperials unfriendly toward him as well. It would be the best way to get to the Pulsar Station fast. Of course, the Council has a debate on it. But hopefully they'll make the right call. Doubt it. We shift over to Citrus 3, where Prince Admiral Baby Bear and Lady Gaga are watching a New Republic <laughs> press conference. Okay, pause. When we started this podcast, <laughs> if someone had like said that sentence to you, do you think you would have known like what it was in reference to? Oh, no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I don't know, Kit and Lormat. What is it word reference? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. At least that had the words New Republic Press Conference in it. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's, a, there's some context clues. <laughs> there's a hint, yeah. Okay, unpause. The Elder Kraken is revealing the news about Prince Admiral Baby Bear's Death Star-like pulsar stations. I (laughs) I know, I I was just unpausing the conversation. (laughs) Oh, sorry, okay. (laughs) Prince Admiral Baby Bear swears he did not have a lab such as this and accuses Isard of being able to have this material and keeping it hidden from them. Isard says it's a hoax of the New Republic, that it wasn't really a lab, and this is all to give them justification to attack. This was not the news Prince Admiral Baby Bear wanted to hear. 
One of ISART's agents says that they were in the area two years ago and saw no such lab, that any retrofits could have been easily done. She insists that it's a New Republic scam. Prince Samuel Baby Bear is more concerned about the physical war he has to fight with the New Republic, but Isaac reminds him that this is a political one and they need to fight back accordingly. She has a three-point plan. <laughs> of course she does. <laughs> and thus she breaks yeah. out her PowerPoint. There are Slide colored one. graphs on it. It's very professional. Slide one. Prince Elm Baby Bear will issue a statement saying that his best friend from Imperial Academy was on Alderaan and he would never, ever do something that would relate to such a tragedy like making a tiny Death Star. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. Tiny Death Star. (laughs) Two. Hold me closer, tiny Death Star. Jen, you have so many good title choices for this week. This is your idea. Episode. That's fair, yeah. It's a good episode. Slide two. The release files to show the Citrus Hegemony does not have the resources to create such a thing. They'll tamper with one of the files, Corvus Minor, to set a trap for the rogues. Slide three. While the rogues are away at Corvus Minor, Prince Admiral Baby Bear will hammer the ground troops on Lemonade 3 and plate insurgents to create a war on the ground, forcing the New Republic to expend more and more troops. Isard knows her plan will work, and once it does, it'll show the galaxy that people can oppose the New Republic, and somehow that means Prince Helm Baby Bear will be the newer leader of the Empire. Yeah. She Sounds skipped right. a lot of steps there. <laughs> it's that like that thing of like, do the thing, do another thing, question marks, profit? Profit, <laughs> yeah. Profit. <laughs> <laughs> Step one, build a tiny Death Star. <laughs> Step two, talk Pretend about you wrong. don't have a tiny Death Star. <laughs> Pretend you don't have a tiny Death Star. question marks. Step four, profit. I just like it's so hard to take this book seriously because like Iceheart came back from death and the rogues are stronger than they were before and Iceheart's plan is like 10 times I wonder what's gonna happen how was she like ever in this one book series oh no something else She's something else. Lady Gaga's something else. She sure is. Back on Coruscant, Gavin and the rest of the rogues are watching Prince Alma Baby Bear's press conference. Everyone is super grossed out about how much of a D he's being. Prince Admiral Baby Bear reveals Lemonade 3 was the planet for the Alderaan survivors. Tycho can neither confirm nor deny this because apparently there are like way more grossos like Nash Windrider out there who blame the New Republic for what happened and therefore do not like Tycho because he's a big dang hero. Uh, that that sounds uh, like Alderaan, yeah. That really sounds like Alderaan. <laughs> how is there more than one human in the galaxy thinking like Nash Windrider? <laughs> he was bad <laughs> enough. He's the worst. <laughs> He's the worst. 
Fritz Animal Baby Bear goes on to say that the New Republic is a tyrant like the Empire, that besmirching his reputation is just as vicious as the Empire, which <laughs> Boy, sure that does. resonates with current oh, politics, yeah. doesn't it? Oh, no. You are bad. You called me bad. That's just as bad. <laughs> That's just as bad as me, like, blowing up countries. <laughs> is it? Is it? This is this is basically just a press oh. conference Twitter fight. Prince That's Admiral Snowflake. Oh my god, it is. Right. Mm, so bad. He asks that people oppose the New Republic now, whilst tyranny is still in its infancy. The rogues feel really gross after this. Roundface Minbronos points out that his arguments will give enough people cause to wonder about the New Republic. When Asir retorts that only humans would. <laughs> Love it. Okay, Asir, dial it back. <laughs> he explains it could really be anyone who feels unsupported by the New Republic. Because the New Republic says one thing, and Prince Amo Baby Bear says another completely opposite thing, most people think it's the truth is somewhere in the middle. Tycho calls it the gray fallacy. <laughs> this is too real right now. <laughs> What the rogues do know is that if Prince Admiral Baby Bear ever had a weapon like the Death Star, he would not hesitate to use it. Tycho knows he's lying about his Alderanian best friend. He knows he's a ruthless murderer and that he didn't leave the Empire until four years after Alderaan. What happened with the Death Star made Tycho defect immediately. Most other people coming over with, well within a year. Prince Admiral Baby Bear only cares about himself, obviously. Gavin knows the rogue's overarching mission is putting themselves in danger to improve and save the lives of others. People like Prince Alma Baby Bear will never understand that because they think that they're most important. And that's why they need to stop him. I'm so worried about Gavin. <laughs> Me too. Gavin is heading down to the Sims to practice flying the scouting X-Wing, which has no weapons! Gavin, Gavin no! <laughs> You have a future family to look after, Gavin. You can't do this. Yeah, man. There's little orphan Bothans who need you. Oh, little orphan. Oh. Oh, it's like a little orphan Annie, but little orphan Bothan. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. You know, I think it's I have decided like what's going to happen. For... What's going to happen, Danny? So, Asir is going to... So, Borsk is like telling Asir that you can't keep with Gavin, right? Right. And so a seer is going to try and play both sides and tell, like, she's going to try to set up a situation where Borsk hears her breaking up with Gavin. So she's mm -hmm. going to break up with Gavin and, like, set up so that Borsk overhears, mm -hmm. even though she's not actually breaking up with him. But then before she has a chance to tell <gasps> Gavin, like, I was just doing that no! for this reason. No! <laughs> no! Danny, so painful. This is that's something I would so come up with. Evil. I love it. <laughs> I'm trying to judge Meg's reaction right now. <laughs> Whether she's yeah, like that's... acting this out or if she's Let like me... actually shocked by or it. Or she's like, Danny, you read ahead in the book, you <laughs> jerk. Let me just say that in high school, when I did my first play, I got an award for like best actress. So I nice. just throw that out. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. 
All right, I'm done for the night. <laughs> no, you're not. Because with that, girls this is trip. <laughs> girls trip. Yella and Mirax are undercover on Commodore. Their girls trip got delayed for a while because Yella was busy with the new information about the Pulsar stations and trying to find a planet in the Citrus Hegemony that could offer enough resources. She couldn't find anything, but there's definitely little, very little info about most of the planets there, which is worrisome. Yella is dressed as a poor power technician and Mirax as her sexy, scary boss. <laughs> They're pretending to go through this fancy building, do an evaluation, and their bickering is enough to keep people far away from them. Their destination is the law office of Wouter, Rimke, and Voss. During their investigation, they found that Mem Wutar, Wouter, doesn't matter, is the one that owns the Zenovet site where they found the prisoners. They break into his office, scrounge around, all of it being too dang easy. Which, of course, means, surprise, it's not that easy. A dude comes out from somewhere with a blaster. He's a professional, and he escorts Iela and Mirax out, and he's joined by his other kidnapper bros. Iela presses her luck, making a comment about Isard, and one of them reacts enough to prove that she is, in fact, involved. They manage to get through the back of the building. Yella knows that if they get them into speeders, it's game over, man. A derelict man comes over to them asking for donations, and Yella says that she wishes she could help. He replies that he will and slips her a pull-out blaster. Yella and Mirax manage to fight enough to run away but hit a dead end. They're about to go full Ewok on the would-be kidnappers until they're gunned down until the kidnappers are gunned down by a couple of rapines. <laughs> You really got to make that distinction. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then a dude with white hair yells that he's a friend. Don't shoot. They trust him. And he explains that he's a friend of Booster's. And he promised Mirax's dad that he'd look after them. There were verpines in the building. And they're able to talk telepathically. So they spotted them when they were in trouble. But the twist, because we got to end with a twist... The derelict who gave Yell the blaster was not part of their crew. So who is he? Dun dun dun. And that is he Seryanka. It's probably not Seryanka. Sorry. I hope it's a ground pounder. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a ground pounder. Captain no. Oh, only when he's off duty, though. Just ground pounds in his spare pounder. time. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Thank you, Star Wars, for this gift of award. <laughs> ground pounder. All right. Well, speaking of pounding ground, listener <laughs> 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 question. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I don't want to use that phrase with this question. <laughs> Pounding ground, yeah. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> oh. Now let's talk about our families. <laughs> let's talk about our fellow ground pounders. <laughs> All right. If you were to adopt a Star Wars species as a child, which would you adopt? And why? Did we answer this? It we was like not. a month ago. We need the time. No, we I, need to answer. I do have an answer, though. Yeah, me too. I would adopt a Nautolan, which is Kit Fisto's race, because oh. I definitely want a beautiful child with a dazzling smile. Oh, Kit Fisto is beautiful. And, like, 
a head full of Yeah, Liku. that's amazing. Mm, yeah. I can respect that. Well, I think that the expectation would be mm. that I'd say an Ithorian here. Uh, in real life, in Star Wars universe, I don't have any desire to be responsible for any sentient lives. And so in actuality, I would probably just like fill my house with loth cats and puffer pigs. Owl That's so relatable. And maybe like I'd probably adopt a baby rancor, like thinking that I was able to raise it and then just like end up regretting that life decision. My answer is similar to Danny's and that I really don't want to look after human kids, but I would adopt every single abandoned war droid that needs a home. Surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. Yep. They'd be just like, I would be like the the people who like have houses full of cats, except my house would be full of robots and it would be amazing. Hmm. My electric I, bill would be crazy high though. Yeah, it would. All that recharging. <laughs> I'd pick a Wookiee. I think they're like closest to, and maybe this is just Chewie's relationship with Han, but like, Chewie's relationship with Han reminds me of my relationship with Elliot a bit. They're just, like, best friends, so I would want something close to that. Aww. Oh, and plus, you could you could take a Christmas photo together every year, and, like, the first year it'd be, like, you holding your baby Wookiee. Yeah. And, like, the second year it'd be, like, a baby Wookiee that comes up to your waist. And then by, like, year 10... <laughs> the mm-hmm. <laughs> Like and by it. year 19, it's ripping my arms out in the Christmas photo. Yeah. <laughs> you have significantly less limbs as the years go on. All of a sudden, I'm just like, like, no, it's fine. I'm getting through to him, I swear. <laughs> Merry Christmas from the Wookiee in a torso. <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. Anyway, um, our listeners, let's get to them. Mika said, I'd totally adopt a Mon Calahati so I could finally argue my partner into buying a house with a pool. Also, we wouldn't have to do any dentist appointments. From time to time, they'd be stuffed into Christmas sweaters, though, so we could cuddle them some. Oh, you can cuddle them without the Christmas sweaters. Matthew Appleby said, I would adopt an Ithorian child who is bullied for being too kind, and I'd teach him to be a hammerhead <laughs> shark of a fighter. Oh, oh I love it. Oh. Wreck him. Successful pandering, Matt. Nick said, I would adopt a duck. And then he linked to the the Wikipedia article on ducks, which, yes, are canon. Ugh, that's not... Is that a child, though, or is this a pet? (laughs) Successful pandering, Nick. I like this answer. (laughs) Ducks are great. Spitfire said, I would adopt a baby Yoda because I want to know just how long its childhood lasts. My kids can take over when I get too old. That is interesting. For a species that lives to be like 800 years, like how long are they a child? Right. Good experiment. Probably get some funding from a university. Ian Miller said, I would adopt a Togruta and raise them to be the best Jedi ever so they could be BFFs with Ahsoka and Shakti. Aw. Aw, they're both dead. (laughs) Oh oh my god, Meg. Meg. (laughs) Now, now. One of them is Aren't they both, like, ambiguously dead dead at this point? I'm gonna say Shakti's real dead. (laughs) Shakti got... It was in the Order 66 montage, wasn't she? It was in deleted scenes. That 
she doesn't actually die <laughs> in canon, but she oh. dies in, like enough that she's probably not alive. So it's very she ambiguous. Dies. She's she on dies a enough. puppy farm. <laughs> dies enough. Like they show it, they show in a flash forward in the Clone Wars, like of Anakin's Force Vision, that that happens. But like whether or not that actually means it happened is still in the air. All right. Mm. <laughs> Love it. Look, I am very careful of whether or not. She- uh, what are they called? Togrudas are actually dead or not? Because I love them. Yeah. Ahsoka's pony farm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jay said, I'd adopt a human orphan of an ancient core world lineage so they could have their deserved station in life. So or a baby Mon Cal. There we go. <laughs> Tom said, I would adopt and does anyone know how to pronounce this? Because I don't. Of Tolan, I. Oh, I'm glad you're gonna ask me. Ortolan? Ortolan, aka Max Rebo species, because they would appreciate food as much as my house does. Hashtag blue cutie squad. Nice. This is a great answer. The little blue elephant man makes such a It's already working diaper all the way through adulthood. (laughs) 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 You'd be really cute as a baby, too. Oh my god, it would be. Baby elephants are so cute. <laughs> ben said, I would adopt a Bothan both to raise the poor thing right and to rub it in the smug Bothan supremacy activist's faces. <laughs> nice. Proper motivation. <laughs> I, just, I love to raise the poor thing right. <laughs> <laughs> the poor so thing. Nancy said, I would adopt a human child since that's what I plan to do in real life, and then I would dress them up as catch. Yes! Aww. Nancy! That's so cute. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the photos. Yep. And Greg said, I'd adopt a Bothan and raise them as a Buddhist, specifically to piss off Borskvalia. <laughs> I love these motivations behind the Bothan adoption. Yeah, everyone who picked a Bothan has some, like, really dark motivations. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, mean what there was the, well? like, raise the poor thing right thing, but everyone else was like, I want to spite Bothans, so... <laughs> That's why to be, fair, <laughs> to be fair, a Bothan would do the exact same thing with a human oh, child, absolutely. except they would be too disgusted by humans to actually do that. Right, they would like, like perfectly oh, you're so ugly and furless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the worst. And then we had a really good answer come in to the question before that that we asked that I wanted to read. Um, it just came in after we recorded our last episode. Michael, and for a reminder, the question was like, what fruit kingdom would you rule or something like that is that right citrus hegemony yes (laughs) i I didn't know i didn't know if we like changed the wording for the question it was what planet of the citrus hegemony (laughs) what would your title we just made it broader but sure (laughs) what would be your fruit kingdom i've been playing too much mario oh that's fair Michael said, my title would be the Wedge of Lime. My cousins are the Zest of Lemon and the Peel of Orange. Oh my Just gosh. Good. So good. <laughs> well done, Michael. So good. Sigh. Um, Bodies? I, I really like Mapplebee. Yeah, Mapplebee's is cute. Mapplebee's is cute. Yeah. yeah. And I think Ben, <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To raise it right. <laughs> to raise the poor thing right. Yeah, that's good. Like, yeah. it's such a condescending, like, white woman thing to do. 
<laughs> I just want to raise the poor thing right. Oh Proper. God. Oh my God, it really is. <laughs> Proper like. <laughs> and I want to give a slightly smaller glistening body to, um, who said it? Let me find it now. Tom, because I started picturing a baby so cute. elephant and I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Blue cutie squad. All right, this week's question. If you were a supervillain, how would you modify the Death Star to make your ultimate super weapon? Well, that's a good one. Should we think about this one? I already know. Your your answer cannot be, I would make <laughs> Damn it smaller. It. I already know mine. You have <gasps> to be better than Naga. I know. I know what mine would be, too. Should we just do it now? Let's just do, do it now. now. Okay. Mine it. would be obviously subwoofers and speakers. <laughs> oh, <God>. Yes. <laughs> like all uh I I I bet none of you have seen it, but all uh the uh, Star Trek Beyond scene when they're rocking sabotage as they're taking out all of the ships yeah, like that is that. optimal. Good. That is optimal. That is, that good. is a star. That's Need no jams moon. to destroy too. Mine would be... That's no moon. That's a super dope dance party. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Sandstorm by Darude, but that's... Oh my god, yes. No, it has to be Sandstorm as well. It has to be Sandstorm. (laughs) the worst. Oh my god. Mine seems rather dull compared to that, but mine would be a flat (laughs) desk star. Like a (laughs) flat desk Wait, yours would be what? Flat like two-dimensional. Flat. <laughs> you know, like a flat planet? It's a flat Death Star. Yes. Like so a, a flying pancake. Like, yeah, basically. And so it can, like, <laughs> you know, on its side, and so people can't get it anymore. <laughs> it's a pocket. It can turn and disappear. Oh, shit. What up? There's the Death Star. <laughs> and also, it can, like, slip through ships, like, slip between ships, because it's flying. <laughs> It's the dumbest thing I've ever thought of, but I'm sticking with it. <laughs> but only if the ships are separated on an exact two-dimensional plane. It's <laughs> brilliant. Um, I would take the Death Star and I would give it a hat. <laughs> what, what kind, kind of hat? <laughs> like, I think I'd have multiple that you have can you switch out playing a lot of on Mario. the occasion. <laughs> no, is that a Mario thing? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> he said, is that a Mario thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a Death Star. It's a Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Come to destroy oh, your no, planet. It's the Wallow Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I, I kind of love the Wallow Death Star. And when the Death Star consumes a mushroom, it's like slightly skinnier and bigger. <laughs> oh no alright my Death Star would have what is essentially Photoshop capability I'd be able to like (laughs) manipulate the background behind my enemies to like freak them out and scare them yeah like a green screen Death Star you can like project any image oh that is good good. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so, listeners. Like, if you're on a planet that's being destroyed, you look up and instead of seeing like a giant silver orb, you see like a person's face and the laser is like coming out of the oh mouth. <laughs> but whose face? That's <laughs> Grandma oh, yeah, Tarkin, Arch. obviously. <laughs> All right, listeners, hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Podron with your answers to this week's question. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. You can't do anything worse than we have. You can try. <laughs> Find us at our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. Email us, roguepodron at gmail.com. Subscribe via the Rogue Pod- Podron feed on iTunes or the Far Five Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Feedburner, or Google Play if you, if, you know, if you feel like it. And we don't have any iTunes of yours, apparently, but leave us some so I can read them for everyone. Yeah, hey, what up? So we have some reviews on iTunes, and someone left us a one-star review, which, like, that may be the most accurate rating we've gotten so far, but, like, (laughs) we'd love love some five-star reviews to cancel that one out. And then you write some silly stuff, and we'll read it here, too. Maybe we'll even give you a glistening body just because... We need your validation. Yeah. Yes. Actually, we really don't. We're going to do this anyways, but we would like your validation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't stop us. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need any of you. <laughs> you should have tried like 60 episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. We haven't put in a very good faith effort here. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for tonight. So next time will be X-Wing, Ice Arts Revenge, chapters 19 through 24. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing out. Signing off. Oops. Pash out. I cannot believe you would wow. mess that up. <laughs> Such an important distinction. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> <laughs> pew. Oh yeah, pew pew. All right. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Yeah, we got there after my I stopped having to fight my volume bar. <laughs> after it finally just stayed up. Yeah, it just stayed. It stayed up where it always needed to be. Got it up and it stayed up. <laughs> it's up there again. <laughs> <laughs>